Welcome to Winter is Going, the only podcast for the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Watched season two, season eight, episode two, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Coming back doing our deep dive. I think I made that same flub on the instant cast, so we'll try to get better. But uh, we we had a chance to watch this a couple more times, given our uh, deep dive thoughts, theories, answering any questions that are out there uh dan what did you think of this second third watch um you know i i really enjoyed this one i'm gonna say that for all of them just because i'm such a fanboy that there's only six no matter no matter what happens i'm gonna enjoy it as long as you know the ending isn't isn't just trash yeah a loss i'm actually i'm pretty forgiving i've enjoyed you know 70 hours of game of thrones so far if it leaves us on a bad note. I mean, I know how hard it is to write endings to shows. Not because I'm, I'm a writer or because I've written endings, but because it's I know that... It's super relatable to you. So, yeah. so rarely do people get it right that I'm almost... I don't... I have faith, but I don't want to hype myself up too much. I think that's what a lot of people are disappointed in these first two episodes. They expected a lot more action going into the beginning of the season, but... I really enjoy the pacing. We talked about it in um, our instant cast and last week's episode, where I think that they've kind of returned to the form of the early seasons, where uh, there's a lot less muddled um, timelines between like, oh, we're we're in King's Landing, but now suddenly a whole army is elsewhere, and it's like the drop of a dime. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. they've transported hundreds and hundreds of miles. So. I like that, you know, the last two episodes have been, for the most part, located in Winterfell. This one was all Winterfell. Yeah. We didn't even see Cersei at all. So I enjoy just good good storylines. I think this one had a lot less of that hokey... Um, some, of the, some of the meetings in the last episode, some of the reunions were... They're cool to see, but you could tell that it was kind of just gratuitous, where it's like, oh, yeah, let's hug it out. Like, oh, you, oh, yeah, awesome, let's hug it out. And, you know, that we wanted to see it for a long time, but it was a whole episode of that. And this episode, you know, we had a few important meetings, and that was the big deal, I think. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of interesting stuff happened this, this one. I, I, for the most part, I agree, and just to... Ending a show, yes, to your original point, is very difficult, and very few have done it well. I'm not 100% on board. I I agree the pacing is good, and I do like it, and I enjoyed both episodes, and I'm sure I'll enjoy all of them just because, yes, I do love the show. And I'm an apologist for it when it is bad, but... I feel it, I think that's it. Like they had after the first one, I'm like, okay, that's a typical way Game of Thrones starts a season, you know, with a slower episode. And then usually, I mean, historically, the second episode of the season, I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, has been, you know, where the action, like they they start like that season is like starts off with a bang. So just like they have a first episode that's kind of a catching up from last season, and then you know the second episode is where the action kicks in. And I was half expecting that this one i was definitely expecting more action than, than what we got it felt like it was a part two of the of the first one which i'm fine with because i did enjoy it but you know usually with my game of thrones opinions i don't form them until a couple days later when i've had a chance to watch the episode again and everything sinks in and i'm it does feel a little fan fictiony with the like all the characters are coming together and there's all these reunions like it just feels a little like it's yeah. not i don't know if it's the same kind of storytelling that they were doing before because i can't i mean there's a reason that i mean i get there's a reason that we've never seen like uh danny and sansa have a scene together before this season or you know and granted part of that is you know a story concluding and you want some of these characters to come together but it just feels a little too feel goody for me at times like we're we're putting a nice bow on each character's story which is <laughs> it's good but doesn't feel like how they used to do it and I, it can't because they don't have the source material they're just acting on bullet points well don't worry about uh you know the feel good i know aspect i mean of it because it, next episode people are there's zero question in my mind we're losing four characters at least four characters that we care about at least obviously a lot of people are gonna die yeah i agree with you 
And but that's the the only thing that's given me hesitation is that that's what I thought coming into this one. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, we're definitely going to get a character, like a, a notable character death. I mean, there is only a few more episodes and we have, I mean, there's a lot of major characters still. Live, and not, I mean, there's no any, but no one is like has to die necessarily. But <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it just, it, you, you, we all know the show. We've watched it for, you know, the are eight, over eight years. I mean, eight seasons, but it's been over eight years that it's since it's come out. Um, yeah, and we know like this is what happens, like un- untimely character deaths, and maybe that's what their new way of, you know, now we are used to it, so they're giving us something completely different to not for so yeah. we don't ex- we're we're not expecting it, so maybe that's the route they're taking. But well, I've heard uh, one thing I heard online. Um, I think I read it on Reddit was uh, a good way to look at these two episodes was either the shorter two episodes of the six episode season, and the best way to look at them is that. They are compartmentalizing all of the reunions, everybody getting back together and kind of fleshing out the story. So that way, these next episodes don't have to do that. So that way, in the middle of the battle scene, we don't have, uh, you know, the Theon and Sansa meeting again. Or, you know, whoever whoever is meeting Brienne and Tormund, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, they flesh that out now. We've got these two episodes in the bag and we know we know some stuff's about to go down. So I feel like next episode they're going to be able to just get right into it. Right. Uh, will Will they get right into it? Who knows? the The preview for next episode didn't really seem like that. Still seems I, they wanted to hold their cards. Yeah, they wanted they wanted to hold their cards close to themselves. On, well, they're not on even the releasing episode. the episode titles. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, I don't know. It, I'm 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 fine with I, I like like I said I don't want to seem like I'm trash in the episode. I liked it. I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. and I, especially the way they're telling the story and laying out the plan. Like, I, I one of my favorite scenes was when they were just coming up with the strategy and like deciding to use Bran as bait. Just all of them in the room together was really cool. Coming up with uh, you know strategies on how to defeat the Night King. So like that, it just it was it, it was a little slow. And I will I'm not I do not share the sentiments of a lot on the internet that were you know hating on it because it was a slower pace than they're used to. But I will say, if we if we get something like this next episode, then I think those yeah, how are we going to finish it? Are going to be yeah, that, that that will be completely justified. So they yes, while I will say I like it, they kind of have painted themselves. And I mean, this is all shot and edited and done, so they know exactly what's coming. But I'm just saying, like they they've painted themselves in a corner a little bit to where it has to be a banger next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm stoked, of course. We only got. We have to savor the flavor here. Only got a little bit left. But you want to take us through the episode, and we'll get yeah, our thoughts on it. Let's get into the episode. Let's, let's talk talk some of these scenes here because uh, been rambling. There's definitely for stuff we didn't we didn't hit in the uh, instant cast here. So I mean, the the episode opens, and this was actually even surprising to me that we just opened straight up with the trial of Jamie Lannister, which was a a pretty cool scene. Um, you know, there there wasn't anything too hard hitting, but uh, you know, I think. Brienne vouching for him, and I don't think that Daenerys was all that excited about letting him live, but also, <laughs> you know, she had just told Sam that, oh yeah, I killed your family, we cool? And it's <laughs> like, I just did that. Whereas with Jamie, it's like, yeah, I killed your king who was literally murdering and burning people, uh, innocent people. I killed him 20 years ago, right. you know? Like, I did this for the good of the realm, which is essentially what she's been doing the whole time. Not, yeah, exactly. So, like, she, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that's a good parallel to draw between the two. And I will, I said this on the instant cast, and I, again, watching it again, I just remembered it was it, just really funny to me how surprising it was that this is what Jamie was answering for. And I just, it was so wrapped up in him and Bran's potential, like, what is going to happen with them that it just, like, and they, they, start off with Danny confronting him about killing her father. And I'm like, I completely forgot about that. That that was even a thing. Kingslayer was just a, a thing then. It, I, you know, I knew what happened, obviously, but it was just, I, I'm surprised they went that angle. Because, yeah, she, right. she she knows how her, who her father was. It's not like she holds him in a extreme high regard. She knows he was the mm-hmm. Mad King. So, I mean, why? And it felt a little... Like, 
you know, between when, you know, when Sansa gave her a point of view and then John or, you know, Danny turns to John and then she, he kind of, kind of snubs her a little bit. And this is, out. John just gives the same comments that we've heard so many times. It's like, we need everybody. We need all the men. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we need people. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. I'll, I'll accept it. I mean, one extra guy doesn't seem like it's going to do anything. I just felt, Sir Jamie, you just want to get the Sir fuck the out of that room. Slayer. I mean, this is <laughs> clearly off the heels of him just finding out about his, you know, his true, um, his true like family name being a Targaryen and everything. And now it, it, smash cut to this where he's sitting right next to her. It's, it's got to be soups awkward. And, you know, it's and then Sansa, too, who also, you know, thought growing up was half sister. No, mo, no mas. So it's just his whole mm-hmm. world is shaken. Totally get his wanting to get the fuck out of there attitude. But and I'm also right. glad that they let. I mean, I can't. I didn't see them killing Jamie. I mean, Grant, it was in the same spot. Littlefinger died, and it wouldn't have been that surprising because I don't know if he'll make it to the end. But I wasn't. I did not think they were going to kill him there. So, but I am glad to see that Brienne vouched for him. That was a really cool moment. That was the first time that they. I think when did when's the last time that they saw each other? I think they saw each other in. I mean, what season was it? I know it was. Uh, she was leaving. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Tully's River Run, and he was like that. That and that was it. I think this is the first time they've seen each other since then. Yeah, so. it's been maybe since season five. I want to say was when that was happening. And I don't think there's another. I don't. Of, I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it might. Yeah, it's a couple. I mean, with a year and a half in between, it's they kind of tend to. You lose track of that sometimes, but it, the I don't know if there's another relationship on the show where there's that strong of a mutual respect between the two, and it's really cool to, oh, definitely. S- to see that play out. And you know, the scenes going ahead, were, and you know, it, it, it was cool. I like their relationship a lot. It's it's one of the one of my favorite twosomes that were when when she was his captor, everything, and then uh, when he got you know getting his hand chopped off, and their whole their whole story was really cool back in the uh, in the early seasons. So I'm glad to see them back together. Yeah, uh, but moving moving right along here, uh, the next next scene of importance that we see uh, is with Gendry and Arya, where she's kind of confronting him about the weapon that she asked him to design, and you know he's just worrying about arming everyone else up, and I think the uh, this is just a cool moment where Gendry's last time with Arya, while she was fierce and, you know, unafraid, she wasn't exactly the fighter she is now. So he, he tries to explain that, you know, you don't want to know what the, the White Walkers are like, that it's bad, you just don't want to know, you don't want to know. And her being the cold blood murderer she is now um, explains that she knows death, obviously. She learned from the Faceless Men. But she shows off a little bit of skill, throwing some daggers right next to some dude's head, and uh, um, yeah, she's as accurate I think, as she is thirsty in this episode. <laughs> but you know, Gendry gets the the point really quick here that you know she's not fucking around, and she's probably more vital to the army than most of the army. Which I think we can all agree. Like we missed a lot of the training that she did in the background, like we've seen her continuously get better, but where we're at right now, I mean, when she left the, the faceless men, um, you know, we didn't even see her kill. Oh, geez. I cannot think of her name. The waif. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't see her kill her. Um, and outside of that, the rest of the rest of her killing has been like when, uh, she poisoned the whole um, the, the, the whole phrase. entire family of the phrase, yeah, and uh, you know just did a little sneaky slit throat. Um, but a lot of her a lot of her training we didn't see on camera, but we know when she was with the Hound every day she was mm-hmm. practicing. Um, it was always to be so, understood, I think, and we got a little taste of it when she was sparring with Brienne and kind of getting the upper hand at times last season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean she's clearly dangerous, and I'm excited to see. Her. I don't know what she'll what what her plan is. You know, she's got that list that was, you know, the arc of hers. We haven't really heard much about that. I mean, it was kind of it was referred to this episode, but that's the first time that was mentioned in a while. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I mean interested to see. There's, there's more pressing things at hand, right. I suppose, but I still do believe that 
she has her list and Cersei is still priority target number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I think she, now that she's reunited with family, I think she's more concerned with protecting the Stark name than than anything. Yeah. And her list comes with that, but right now it's about preserving Winterfell the best that they can. Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's, it's obviously everyone's priority one. We see that in like when so many conversations get tabled and whatnot in this episode that 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 is the overarching theme where like this is real things are happening we got to put all this petty shit behind us until later yeah uh one one last thing i want to touch on on this scene um i guess we can hit it later when she gets the weapon but it doesn't really matter uh i've here's a theory time um I saw a really cool thing. Should we have a where, music drop where when we when we do theory, for theory time, time X Files theme? Maybe like yeah. a, I'm thinking like a, a a bedtime theme. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, regardless, we'll get that for next week's episode, um, or I'll just throw something in. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure but it out. The the cool theory that I've seen regarding the weapon that she had made that had we we obviously see her twirling around later in the episode you know it's a it's um you know a bow staff of sorts with two dragon glass spears on each end and we know from the blueprint that one side of the spear can detach or at least that was the plan for it that's what it Um, looked like for sure it looked like some sort of projectile yeah something cool thought that i saw was that She'll throw her her staff at the Night King, which he will catch because he can do that, and that is when it will detach and spear him. So you know, that would be cool. throw the spear. He grabs it, and then it detaches and and kills him, or hopefully kills him. Um, on that same subject, though, there is a lot of talk about whether or not the the Night King can even be killed by Dragon Glass, giving given that he has Dragon Glass infused into his heart right now. So. Um, well, we that, that just that's pure speculation at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, we we don't know, right? I mean, we don't. We've seen, but we do know uh, the the regular White Walkers can be killed by it. So there's nothing to su- suggest that he can't. And I mean, that would be an interesting twist if they're forging all these weapons out of dragon glass, and yeah, he's kind of immune to that. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't. That would be a that I don't. That would be. They'd have to have given us something. They, mm-hmm. they, that would be a weak show, you know, stance or a, a plot point, so to speak. If they if they pulled that at the last minute, where it's like, oh wait, he's immune to this. Like a show like this with this much depth and this much lore and this much backstory, you have to you have to hint at something prior. Right. To I mean, yeah, you don't want to just catch everyone off guard and be like oh wait he's superhuman right. you know or super dead i don't know what you want to call him but uh yeah that was just a fun little theory but we can uh, move fun. along because oh okay uh, <laughs> sorry move on maybe, maybe we can't move on mm-hmm. i'm thinking this is my last show <laughs> we just came to um, come back from that vacation i didn't think you were ever going to come back i think your exact words were you were such a high after our first recording they just left and said, these fuckers that listen will pay for this sooner or later, I think were your exact words. Yep, yep. I hate anyone who listens yeah. to our small time. Yeah, really trying to podcast. alienate yourself. But sorry, moving on. I don't want to get. I don't <laughs> want to derail on, this uh, too much. <laughs> well, you know, it's fine because we actually have a few scenes that come up in a row that are, you know, I guess import- any scene is going to be important long term, but uh, nothing too important to talk about as far as speculation goes. One cool one that comes up is um, Jamie pledging himself to be a knight uh, or, you know, fight for Brienne's um, unit. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of cool because you fully see the the turnaround where Jamie Jamie is weaker than he once was. And he's not that cocky, confident douchebag that we saw in the early seasons. Right. And now he, here he is, like, not begging, but he he wasn't he wasn't uh, exactly like a hundred percent welcomed. Yeah. So him him asking to fight for her was a great moment because I think that he always saw himself as as better than Brienne for the longest time, mm-hmm. and we've talked about their mutual respect. So I just enjoyed seeing that like he's not above you know asking her for for 
even more help than she's already given him. Oh, it was you know, a, she spared him essentially, and it was a humbling moment for sure. And exactly. The, yeah, the tables have indeed turned. It was they left it. She she didn't really answer him though, so I don't know where that where that stands. Well, you know, later in the episode, you learn some stuff that it's like maybe he was just really trying to get into that army. He's like, yeah, you're a knight now, sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna die anyway. Yeah, this is me- utterly meaningless. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see when the uh, impending battle comes if he's on the battlefield. But he's yeah, he is really just a name now, just the yeah. kings. I mean, we've seen he was training with one hand. I mean, he can. He's probably better than the average Joe with two, but you know. I don't know if he can. Uh, if that's how he goes down is on the battlefield, then I, I, I suppose that's a fitting end for him. Yeah, you know, um, I got my own theories about that, but <laughs> that's for that's for later. Moving along, though, we have a, a collection of scenes with Danny that are, I think, pretty important to what's happening in these episodes. Where uh, the first part, we see Jora talking to Daenerys and telling her that while Tyrion has made some mistakes and they've been costly mistakes he has the brains to make something you know truly important happen and that he is the best role for the advisor and that's a that's a hit to Jorah because he's wanted nothing more this whole time i mean his priority is to serve and protect Daenerys but you know that his motives kind of led into him being hand of the, the queen so he's essentially saying you know what like yeah, I want this job, but Tyrion, while he's made some mistakes, is really the rightful choice for the job. I mean, just think about this. Like, how, in terms of how good of a of a, of a recommendation, like, just coming from Jorah, how, how, how impactful that is. You have a job, and you break your leg or whatever, and you have to go away for six months. The person that replaces you does such a good job but makes one mistake that you the person whose job he took has to defend that person saying how great of a job they're doing like that yeah. seems that seems crazy to me so Jorah's words were i mean coming from him means more to Danny than probably coming from anybody else cuz he's giving advice on how to advise her which is what his primary role was yes he double crossed her but they moved past it so I mean, it's it was it was it was a weird. I didn't not expect this one at all. I did not see this coming from Jorah. Um, no, if anything, I thought he would be trying to to usurp right. Tyrion and take the like. This is my chance to strike, and now I'm gonna get it. If it was and, any chance, it was this one. I mean, right? And he he has made those plays, I think, previously. Right. And Tyrion stock with Danny was are. at an all time low, all time low. Yeah. So I just. I, I enjoyed that scene. I think Jorah is a is a surprising character because he has this backstory, but you haven't really seen the inner workings of his relationships with anybody but Daenerys. And, you know, he's been forgiven by Daenerys before and whatnot, but, um, I mean, he never had the chance to reconnect with his father, with him, which I'm sure, you know, that wasn't a welcome experience for him or or his dad, but... Uh, you know, we saw that just brief tidbit in the last episode with him and Lyanna Mormont. And even that was, uh, it was such a brief scene, mm-hmm. but she, she wished him good fortune. Which is it, kind of a death. However, my, my new, but it's, it's still like there was almost a respect there. Um, wishing someone good fortune in this show is kind of, uh, the death knell for you. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> a lot of people are calling for his, his death next episode. We'll see. It was, yeah, first interaction he's had with a member of his family on screen, which is yeah. it's kind of hard to believe. But yeah, being exiled, and his story kind of feels like it's coming to an end. I mean, he started off as being you know exiled from his family and the Seven Kingdoms to spy on the Targaryens, and now, you know, coming full circle, he's welcomed, you know, how welcomed you can be. He's not at contention with his family anymore, as we saw. And back on Daenerys' mm-hmm. good side, so it feels like his arc is near complete. So I wouldn't be surprised right. if we see him go next one. Even I do like his character a lot. Uh, I like the, uh, I mean, when he, you know, the battle with Grayscale and everything was a pretty cool arc for him. Uh, I wish we could have seen more, because we never got much in Essos over there, and that was a mm-hmm. little peek into that. But, yeah, well, 
I mean, if yeah. we, if we, if this is his last one, then R.I.P. Jorah. <laughs> uh, the next scene, though, right after that, it flows right into Sansa and Daenerys having conversation in private as well. And this one, I think this whole episode is laying out that Daenerys could flip. She, she is kind of laying out the inner workings of... You mean like be a mad queen? Be a mad queen. Maybe not even a mad queen, but she's willing to throw everything away just to be queen, it seems like. Uh, Sansa and her have a conversation where they're they're smiling with each other and truly bonding, it seems like. They know that they've both had this like insane struggle to get where they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sansa even questions, like... John John loves you, and that's kind of a problem for kings and queens. Uh, and then she k- kind of comes right back, like, oh, I love him. That's why I'm doing this stupid shit right now. But at the end of the day, I think they come to this agreement that, um, you know, they're both here to protect the, what's sacred to them, and they think that they're both doing the right thing. When it finally turns south, you know, they're holding hands, and Sansa asks, well, what happens when we win the war? And then, you know, bend the knee, what essentially. North? Yeah, like she, yeah. It, it's clear Danny is, her top priority is being queen. I mean, she, it doesn't seem like she's still, I mean, she's obviously bought into this, the living versus dead war, but that's not her, her primary goal or target now. I mean, she's put it aside for this because it's impending doom, but... You know she wants to be queen, and that's uh, that's got to be why they. I mean, they broach the the conversation between John and Danny later, but you can tell it's going to be a big problem for her. It's going to mm-hmm. be a big problem, and, and well, the politics of that will definitely have to be ironed out before the show ends. And it looks like that's what they're setting us up for with giving us the White Walker battle in the first half of the season. Hopefully, another thing that they they set up there. I mean, we're already kind of talking about it, but it's this. This moment where she says, well, what about the North? You know, it was taken from us. So if Daenerys really wants to be true to her word, you know, she should be giving the North back to the North. It shouldn't be ruled over by the Seven Kingdoms. So it's one of those one of those things where now Daenerys has the power to fuck everything up once again. And she's yeah. going to be feeling that for the rest of the series. They could easily turn her into a villain when push comes to shove here. Oh, I think and the, the, I don't want to see it go that way, but the signs are pointed in that direction more, I think, than you know the, the, her being ending ending up good or ending yeah. up on the you know sitting on the Iron Throne with John at the end. So it, it, the signs are pointed in the Mad Queen direction for sure, but I, again, that'll all have to be tabled until they deal with. Uh, however they're going to deal with the White Walkers. Uh, yeah. Th- 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 that's what she wants, though. I mean, it, it's... It, sh- she's laid it out for us this whole this whole episode where, like, that's her main goal, and she... When she I don't know. I just feel... It, it's going to be... I'm not excited for that because that's... I did not think that was going to be a big part of the, the season, but, well, I mean, we'll have to see. We're speculating a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last in in the series of events here with Daenerys is they get called out of the room. Uh, they have a little visitor. Theon Greyjoy has arrived, which uh, it's a short, quick scene, but it's definitely something that's very emotionally charged. I mean, Sansa originally was probably one of the people who hated Theon most, mm-hmm. obviously for the shit he pulled with Rob earlier on. He, you know, he wasn't. He was conflicted, and he wasn't exactly the best person in the beginning of the show. Yeah, was being... We've seen that come full, full force all the way around, and uh, he has completely redeemed himself. I feel at this point, he's he saved Sansa from maybe the most terrible person uh, that she has. You know, maybe not most terrible person that she's been by because Cersei still exists. Well, but Joffrey um, and Ramsay. I mean, it's a that's it's one and it one. It was basically a, reliving, you want to rank yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, they experienced this trauma together, and then ultimately he saved her, mm-hmm. and then ultimately he saved his sister. I mean, yeah, he he bitched off that boat, but 
they both would have died had he stayed on that boat. Oh, you totally. know, so you have this this story with Theon where now he's he's redeemed. He's back at Winterfell. The last time he was here, he killed two orphans and burned them and took over Winterfell. So um, for him to be back and then Sansa just to immediately embrace him, uh, I felt was a, a cool moment for sure. Yeah, no, and there's a lot of that this episode. Um, yeah, another one really with Theon where I feel like his story has come to an end. I'm so, kind of surprised he's still alive. Uh, they kind of, they dragged out his redemption arc a little too long uh, with him, you know, like jumping off the boat and everything and taking a whole, like, you know, like all like just to get back to Yara. And now like, it's just the, I'm exhausted with the iron islands plot line. Like yeah. it's just, it's, it I seems think... unnecessary at this point. Well, I think that's what the send-off with Yara was. I think that she's most most likely gone mm-hmm. from the show. I don't think, with what time we have left, if it makes it to the Iron Islands, uh, I mean, talk about, like, really really taking some shortcuts in the last few episodes here. But I don't anticipate that happening at all. I think Yara is probably gone. That was her last moment, which was a nice moment, um, where she kind of relieves him of taking care of the Iron Islands and basically like go to your your real home Mm -hmm. at this point um so i just thought that was it's interesting to see how theon's story has played out he's uh it's definitely 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 someone who's got an interesting story in the whole universe yeah i mean it was roller coaster-esque so to speak i mean Mm -hmm. it just but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what kind of part he has to play. He could just be one that dies, you know, super uh, really quickly. And I mean, the whole thing is coming together. He wanted to fight for Winterfell, and now he's here, and now he's going to fight. And I, I think that's that's what else is he going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what what other part can he? I mean, he's just another. It's pretty much just uh, as sad as it is to say, because I, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty much like Jamie. You know, that's pretty. They're they kind of are on the same. It's just one dude showing up at Winterfell to join the army. What mm. kind of difference is it going to make? They they have both lost appendages, so there's another parallel. <laughs> um, I don't think Theon's dick plays a big role at this point. <laughs> well, it plays as big a role as uh, Jamie's severed hand does. So, which is not any role, but. Yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't seem like it's going to make... He, Dion, is not going to be able to knight anybody like Brienne, you know, like to right. to give him something to do, so to speak. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, moving, moving right along, we have a few more scenes where, um, you know, nothing too consequential happens. We see Ed and Tormund make it back to Winterfell, which is a nice reunion. Um, Ed, Sam... And Jon Snow, all kind of, you know, they have this bond that they're literally the, the only three that are from Castle Black still standing. <laughs> still alive, yeah. Um, how Sam was one of those people. I mean, good on him. I love but... the moment with how he's like, everybody forgets that I you know, killed a White Walker. <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah, and I stole some books. Um, <laughs> did you see Ghost? Was this? Did you check out? Because I didn't see this until I was checking out Reddit. Um, the ghost was apparently in this episode. Yeah, for for a brief like a moment second there. in the background, which is kind of like yeah, a middle I mean, finger to the to the audience, the, to, to not to the audience, to the to the people that were clamoring for Ghost. <laughs> I, you know, I I both get it and don't get it. Like, obviously, the the wolf is is a huge part of the Stark banner and they kind of draw the parallels that when they're in a pack, they're strongest. But outside of that, like the, the dire wolves, they had their moments where, yeah, they saved some lives here or there, but it's not like they were that integral right. to I mean, they can't even the story. Talk, they're not man. like, they're not like dragons that it's like, right. Oh, they're going to mow down a whole army. Like, no, they can kill a bunch of people, but it, no, I'm with you, and it seems inconsequential. It's just, yeah, I the, I never understood like the the huge push for it, but I also on the same on the flip side didn't understand the lack of it. You know, I think that's what it became an issue just when the the, the absence of ghost or any direwolf was you know, it, it, spanning you know, numerous episodes. I don't think he was even in last, he wasn't in last season at all, and the mm-hmm. you know the whole budget CGI thing, bullshit that everyone said like, it's just that I don't buy, but. 
Uh, if we have, you know, the, if they have the time to, you know, do the whole how to train your dragon scene, then, you know, I think they could render a wolf. But it's, mm-hmm. it's confusing as to why they haven't done it. And that's why I think it started the whole push for it. But we got it. I mean, if that was Ghost, it was in the background. I mean, that's that should shut everybody up, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the next scene is actually probably one of the most important scenes in the whole in this whole episode, where uh, we see them laying out the battle plans because they know that just in a head-on battle, it's it, it's not going to be good for them. So they're they're figuring out their battle plans. Uh, top three. This is where Bran for me. Uh, Bran reveals. I I think we we all kind of had the inkling, but Bran kind of says it like, "Oh, he's coming for me. Mm-hmm. I'm the one he wants, and I kind of hold all the cards in this war." Like, we learn that what the Night King wants with the the Long Night is to just erase humanity completely, and it finally ties together. Oh, Bran is literally every memory of humanity. So if he goes, you know, the rest are uh, soon to fall. Right. That's his, and they need to, they Bran is the only really necessary one. Right. But uh, so they they lay out the battle plan. You know, we're gonna we're gonna use Bran as bait and Bran bait. Hopefully that goes well for them. <laughs> I uh, I think that's how Theon dies. Probably. You know. Good for I can't him for protecting Bran. A but... child is bait going poorly. He's not a child anymore. I mean, he's pretty much. I mean, he's, uh, he's not a man. Well, he's not anything anymore. He's, it. he's a he's a bird. <laughs> he's the three eyed raven. <laughs> um, but something that we haven't explored in the last two episode or last two seasons really is that uh, Bran still has the power to warg, and are we going to see him warging into a White Walker, the Night King, a dragon, like? That's something that we need to we need to think about moving forward because that power is there, mm-hmm. and I assume it's only gotten stronger since he's acquired the powers of the Three Eyed Raven. Right. And also, the previous Three Eyed Raven also made a point to say that he was special in that that's not a thing that everyone that you know everyone can do or anyone can right. do. Like Bran's power is definitely unique, so. Uh, that was a big point earlier. I doubt that it's going to end with him just kind of like, oh, I can work in a Hodor or whatever. Like, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of end game payoff to that. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a big pivotal part. That's probably why they haven't you know revealed it yet. They're waiting. That that's. Yeah, that, that's how Bran got marked in the first place. He was working, and then he got marked by the Night King. So something probably similar is going to go down with them drawing the Night King towards him. I, you know, I, I don't know how, well, how this... I don't think anybody really knows how sophisticated this magic is or whatever. Something we also should keep in the back of our minds while we're um, going forward here. I mean, who knows? Maybe between like the beginning of an, the next episode and the end... And there's no room for speculation because they'll lay it out before the end of the episode. But something I want to talk about is that when Bran warged into Hodor at the very end before we we lost our poor Hodor, um, that's how we learned that he effectively changed Hodor's life by warging into him and, you know, jacking him up. Right. (laughs) But he was able to change the past with that. And perhaps what we see with the warging aspect is that I mean, maybe Bran somehow prevents. Um, do we know the name of the Night King before uh, he was the Night King? No, I don't know. It's escaping me right now. If we ever got his name, uh, but yeah, uh, before that guy got stabbed, <laughs> stabbed in the heart with the dragon glass and became what he is, right. perhaps he could effectively change what happened there too. You know, it's it sounds crazy to think about, but. I also don't think that's something a lot of people are considering is that he can in some ways change the past. We haven't seen the extent of it. We've only seen Hodor, but we've seen it happen. Uh, we've seen it happen and that's that's something to consider moving forward. Was that um, the because I think the uh, the the children of the forest, they're all gone, right? That one that was with Bran uh two a few seasons ago was that was the last one. Cuz I mean, we definitely saw him getting chewed alive by by the whites, so 
I was that. I assume so. I would hate for them to pull out like, oh, we're the we're the, the West one. sector of the Children of the Forest. You know, like well, the only theory um, is, I mean, yeah, that would be weird to do with only a few episodes to go. But just the only reason I brought, I, I know they you know created the White Walker, so the fact that they're mm-hmm. not involved in the End Game at all also seems a little strange. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure they There's have some so tricks up their sleeve. Here. Yeah. Uh, after the battle plans become solidified, which weren't a whole lot of plans, it was more of just like, yeah, put put Bran out there. We'll we'll do our thing. <laughs> and it was like, okay, cool. That that Every, sounds like on board with that? a very very tactical plan. <laughs> um, but after that, we see Tyrion make his move, and he's the first person who's actually like wanted to sit down and talk to Bran, which we don't see any of the conversation, which is unfortunate. Oh uh, yeah, that would be but, a great scene. Uh, it probably would have dragged on for a little while, as Bran does say that his story is quite long. But um, he has something up his sleeve with Bran here. There, There's no doubt in my mind that he is going to glean some piece of information from this that is going to help them in the long run. And I think that I, there's almost nothing to speculate off of what it is, because we didn't even see the conversation. and uh, There isn't a whole lot to work with there, but... Anything we did there say would almost be irresponsible. Yeah, there there is something to it though that he is actually someone who recognizes that Bran has this unique power. Almost no one is really like. I think Daenerys questions him at one point in the episode, or maybe not even questions him, but kind of dismisses him. Like, oh yeah, I mean, you. Oh, it's when referring to when she finds out about Aegon Targaryen, and it's like, oh, you trust your best friend and your brother. Well. She doesn't really understand what his brother is anymore. Right. Um, and I think that no one is really thinking about that, but it's super important. Oh, absolutely. Especially when Bran's like, oh, yeah, uh, the Night King wants me. That's that's about it. Yeah, just me. Yeah, it's, so, it, it was, uh, I wish, yeah, and I wish we would have seen the, uh, the Tyrion-Bran conversation because, you know, we, Tyrion is known to love books and read, and Bran's like every book ever existed mm-hmm. so gonna be right up Tyrion's alley uh i'm sure hopefully he'll take something away that'll be useful though in the the end game to come and hopefully it's enough for him to, to keep him alive i don't want to see him die mm-hmm. top three um, do not want to see die is definitely Tyrion. absolutely i can i can get down with that um moves along though another timekeeper <laughs> over here uh, another um, important scene. I, I got to stop saying important scenes because they're all important. Every everything is important here, but uh, just to, to to move us along <laughs> a little bit. You know, we don't want to be sitting here all day talking about this. Yeah. Uh, Too late for that. Our next scene of importance. First, we see Tyrion and Jamie kind of chit chatting. You know, this is this is the meetup where everyone's like. Yeah, we're not sleeping at night. We're all probably going to die, realistically. Uh, slowly, one by one, more and pe- more people start joining their little conversation by the fire. We see uh, Tormund in what is probably the most useful information of the episode, that he uh, he suckled on a giant's teat for three months while it was before the giant figured out that he wasn't her baby. Um, yeah, it was a... But that has given his power, and then he chugs it. A whole... I don't know. Is that giant's milk or what? A whole like how did how did he get his hands on the giant's milk at this point either? So like, much for the whole gallon of milk in an hour myth. Yeah, that's right. False now. <laughs> that was a, that was a very that was it's a lot of uh, we brought this up in the instant cast, but uh, a lot of comedy so far this season, and uh, Tormund oh, yeah. is the centerpiece of a lot of that. And yeah, I really. Really enjoy this scene all around, just everyone getting together, you know, before they're, you know, probably are all going to die. So, um, right. And, you know, they recognize that too. Hmm? I said they they recognize that. Yeah. This is probably the end. Oh, they all. This is the last time we're going to be able to meet like this. Yeah. The characters and the audience both know what's up. So, yeah. Yeah. And it is cool. I'm I'm just going to continue with what happened. There's a few scenes in between, but while we're. Talking about it, I'm just going to do the continuation where we kind of get to why the episode has its name, A Night of the Seven Kingdom, where, um, you know, Brienne, she's not even, she's not really lamenting about it or anything, but it, it's it been well known that she wants to be a knight. And 
you know, Jamie says, screw it. I have the power. Right. Let's let's make this happen. And there's almost no one more deserving of knighthood than Brienne of Tarth. So arguably the most deserving out of in in terms of the cast that we've seen for sure. Yeah. And uh you know, it it was an emotional scene. I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't get the chills and you know maybe get a little choked up. Oh, no uh, doubt. No doubt. You'd be a robot you see, if you weren't. When she she's knighted and she's she's looking over at Jamie smiling. I mean, it's she has tears welling up in her eyes and she has this smile on her face and it's like I don't know that we've seen Brienne smile Ever. in the entirety of the series and there's something so genuine about the the emotions that they're feeling there. I mean, I was a bit- Jamie's paying it forward to her. You know, they've continually got one another's back and this might be the final moment, but it. It was just an awesome scene. Made you feel really good. Um, I think I needed that for all the heartbreak that's coming. Yeah, it was a beautiful scene. Uh, no, no, without question. I, most people's top scene of the episode. Yeah, no one's more deserving than Brienne is, and Jamie just making that happen just again speaks to that mutual respect that they have with each other. I and mean, he knows how deserving she is. He, you know, carrying forth that oath that she made to Catelyn Stark, you know, to her grave, but not to her grave, but to the present day, you know, it speaks, you know, to her loyalty, which is one of the cornerstones of all real knights. So, yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. good to see a, a fan favorite character get her moment like that. So before before everything for everything goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was the meat and bones of of meat and potatoes. Their scene, yeah, meat and bones. No one, well, no one says someone, that. Someone's someone's eating bones no, here. Yeah, I mean, you just said um, it, but no one actually says that. So we see a couple scenes with Arya here towards the end of the episode. The first is um, the proper reunion with her and the Hound, and uh, it's kind of cool seeing her sit down with them. He hands her hands her some drink and uh, when earlier she, she was handed a drink you know before she became a hardened murderer uh it was like oh i don't like the taste is what she says and now you know she's she's full badass mode she's like man give me some of this we're we're, we're drinking um i i wonder and let me know your thoughts on this what do you think his status on her list is right now because the scene definitely had them kind of at end. Like, they weren't exactly friendly, but they were friendly. You're talking about Arya and the Hound? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, I mean, she hasn't really been on her list in some time. I mean, that was always like the, you know, just angry. Like, it was more, it became more playfully angry than anything. I mean, she did leave him to death pretty much at her, at his request. So, mm-hmm. but I don't think she ever was going to kill him or really. Well, that also kind of, that's a good point you make that she wasn't going to kill him actually, because he, he asked for mercy and maybe that she just didn't want to be merciful and was thought, oh, you're definitely going to die here. But she wanted to be the one to kill him. So if she left him there, mm-hmm. you know, that's not really on her hands, I guess. At that point, right. that doesn't seem like that's what she wanted. So no, uh, yeah, she would have killed him if she she wanted to. I know, yeah, and I don't think she. I think she realized she's smart enough to realize what she learned from him, and the, yeah, the, their relationship was always contentious, but more playful than anything at the end, just throwing jabs at each other, which is nice. They were one of my favorite tandems of the series. Oh, definitely. Uh, he also says to her um, way earlier on in maybe season three when they're when they're hanging out together that uh you know she's gonna get herself killed because she's too nice uh something along those lines i don't have the exact quote on me but in in this episode she's like you really are a cheeky little cunt (laughs) and uh you know that's that's how she's lived she's learned to to ditch that the the niceties Arya was never like friendly nice but she's a completely different person now she's a completely different person and She's done what it's take taken to survive. Fueled by revenge, uh, yeah. And uh, she's just a totally different, totally different character than we than we saw yeah. in the first season. But uh, you know, we we get a little a little chat with them. It's cool. Nothing too nothing too big. Barrack sits down and joins them for a second. Arya's not really feeling out Barrack very much either. So it's uh, 
it's uh that's about it for that scene but then the next scene we see with Arya is uh she plays a little uh, game of faces with with Gendry and with that you know she's it it almost seems like she's vulnerable for the first time in a long time where she's feeling him out see you know sexual partners and whatnot very blonde she clearly hasn't uh done this ever (laughs) yes so you know she uh she wants to feel it before she might die and it's it's kind of we all kind of saw it coming they had these like stares at each other in the last episode Mm -hmm. and you know we all saw something coming but um you know she gets down to business and is like I need to do this. You're the one I want to do it with. I mean, obviously, Gendry is... He's a hot piece of work, so... Um, <laughs> Real tall drink of water, that one. But the the cool part about about all of this is that originally, season one, episode one, the plan for... Um, the plan for Arya was, oh, you have a girl, I have a boy. Or maybe not Arya, but... It was Sansa. They were going to... They were gonna put together House Baratheon and House Stark, right. and it's uh, now they are together. It's actually finally going to work out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And they actually like each other. So how about that? Yeah, yeah. The pro- prophecy comes true. Yeah, it was a. I mean, I, you know, say what you want about it was uh, good to see a, a human moment for Arya. Was it was good to because she has just been this ruthless, relentless killing machine. And yeah, the humanizer in this way was an interesting choice, but I think it worked for, for what it was. I mean, it makes sense. You know, this is what a lot of people would do if the, the night mm. before they thought they were going to die. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I had no problem with it. Like, it was, uh, it was, it was very. <laughs> she was very. I mean, it was very. It, I was kind of laughing the whole time just because it was. You didn't really. I, I didn't know. You didn't know it was going to happen, but it was. I mean, she was just so blunt and direct. It just. It's. It was very strange to see that. Yeah, you also see when she takes off her clothes, he gets a look at all the scars, right. and we only see a few on the side, but we know that her whole stomach got stabbed to shit by the wife. So, uh, the waif, waif, the waifu. The wife, yeah. <laughs> um, but we we know that there's a lot more that they didn't show. She's probably got a pretty torn up looking body oh, at this no point. Doubt, yeah. And I think that's also something that helps Gendry uh, put put some hustle into making the weapon for her. So, um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's cool to see these characters come together who so much has happened and now you have these realizations it's like oh, okay she's a she's a warrior cool like she has skills oh shit she's been in some fights she's been in some battles like it, it's more so than just you know training and being able to throw a dagger well uh so you see a, a cool little a cool little moment there yeah, when they're we'll see where they're she, going to pound town we'll see where she uh where she ends up I I hope she's the one that kills Cersei, but it's not how the prophecy calls. It's not what the prophecy calls for. So, um, but I I hope that's her end game here because I get other Arya top three want to want to see make it through. Yeah, so Tyrion Arya uh, so far. But yeah, go ahead, and move on. We gotta move. Tie moving this on, up. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're we're actually getting towards the end yeah. here because there's only two two important scenes left to talk about where. A, a short one, we see Sam confront um, Mr. Uh, Mister Mormont. <laughs> He's no longer Sir. Uh, <laughs> we just but, made uh, the same Mormont. Yeah. Uh, Sam confronts... Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, You're Mr. Confront, Mormont. <laughs> confronts Jorah um, and gives him his dad's Valerian Steel weapon. Which is something kind of cool because we saw that Jorah had um, already kind of relinquished his right to his own fathers, and that's what John has right now, Longclaw. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think that he's an honorable enough person where he's not so envious, like, oh, he's got he's got daddy's weapon, I want it. But also at this point, he is probably one of the most respected generals out there, and for him to... Uh, 
finally come into a weapon worth his title, I think is he, he's definitely moved by it. And, and Sam is obviously, uh, you know, Sam's not going to do anything right. with it. So th- this is something that really pays it forward. Yeah, there's a lot of good feel good scene. It was it was good. It was a it was a good closer for Jorah uh, in this episode, maybe the series. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it, for him to get a Valyrian steel sword to replace to, as a stand in for Longclaw was nice because again, it's 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 short. It's sort of a uh, it's symbolism for his redemption arc coming full circle, and there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And he's at the end of his. Theon's in the middle of his, and Jamie is in the middle of his. So. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was like, again, just him getting that sword is kind of closing the book. Like you are, you know, he's back in Winterfell or he's back in the, the North where he was exiled from. He's getting a sword to stand in for his father's sword. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I can't think of a better storybook ending, so to speak, for a character than, than what he's got so far. Maybe Brienne right. too, but you know, it's, it's, it's been nice. Like I said, they've put a lot of nice, neat little bows on a lot of these characters so far. So if they're going to keep them there, rip them off, we'll see. Mm. Um, and just to, to wrap things up here, you know, we're almost, we're almost at our time here. Uh, the last scene, obviously also pretty important where no. they are in the, uh, yeah, uh, we see Daenerys and John in the crypts, and um, this is this is the place where people find out life-altering news. So, granted, she John brings Daenerys down there to learn that. Oh yeah, I'm kind of your nephew. I'm kind of the heir to the Iron Throne. Um, yeah, that that statue you're looking at. Yeah, that's really my mom. Yeah, BT doves. Uh, that throne is like mine. So right. yeah, we're gonna have words. And the the real point to take out of this scene, I think, is that John confronts her with this knowledge and her first thoughts are doubting doubting the knowledge. Obviously, only two people know about it. We talked about it earlier. Your best friend and your brother. Uh, so that's a little suspect. I think if I were her, I'd be suspect too. Oh, for sure. But also, um, she immediately realizes the implications that that means that he is the true heir to the Iron Throne. And that sets her back a little Mm -hmm. bit. You know, she's not happy about it, to say the least. And that's the second time where she's kind of, we saw with the Sansa scene, that she isn't comfortable really letting the world run in a way that's not her vision. Right. And, yeah, and that is, it's her way or the highway type of mentality. Uh, that and yeah, the, you're right. The fact that this is the that's the first thing that she is concerned about or brings up as kind of a retort to the new information is is alarming. But the 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 biggest takeaway for me is the fact that it just got tabled, like they just stopped talking yeah. about it. And we've all gotten in fights with our significant other, and then you know your friend shows up and you got to just table it. And then you just stew all day and you're just like, mm. fucking hate you right now. Yeah, what you gotta, the hell? You know, you gotta and talk about it's it like, again. we have to go fight the army of the dead now. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, it's a, right. yeah. the next episode is going to be so emotionally charged because while they're trying to handle fighting the hardest battle they've ever fought, also, in the back of their minds is going to be this aspect of, well, do I let uh, do I let John die? Right. Um, I hope that's not in the. I mean, just for we'll not know what's actually in their minds because they're just characters. But I hope that's not an angle that they take. And it's just it is. It, it, and one of the final things we see is uh, you know just a lot of characters riding off into battle and like saying goodbye, like uh, Grey Worm and Sandy. We didn't really mention them. Oh, but they. Oh, we, we didn't mention that scene, but. They talked about their plans for after the war. To not, yeah. Uh, he he's he's dead. I mean, yeah, he's dead. He that is you don't you don't lay out plans right before a huge battle on screen right. because you're gonna die. You, you you're gonna die. Yeah, no no quite. Yeah, I I I completely agree with that. But it'd be nice if that that didn't happen. But yeah, it, it most likely will. Uh, but yeah, like just we see you know some. You know, in terms of couples or, you know, relationships, some are going off, you know, with contention between them. Some are going off with everything, you know, being nice and romantic. So 
it's a it's a cool uh, contrast to end the episode with and we'll see how the the politics of all this stuff shakes out after the war if it does i mean if they, 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 it's all contingent on them winning against the the defeating the night king and probably cersei too before they hammer all this shit out so maybe it never will happen mm-hmm. but it, it'd be, it'd uh, be weird if they didn't tie it up somehow and just kind of left it hanging right and you know that's uh is that it that's that's really the lot of it. I mean, to end their their little talk in the crypts, we um, see him go up onto onto the the barricade or the the wall. Jeez, I can't even think of what it's called on a castle. But you know, they go up to the top of the castle and they they see that the army is coming. And you see Tyrion. He's kind of looking out. It, more just crazy speculation, but there's a look on his face that he's like, I know something now after his talk with Bran. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pure speculation. He doesn't say anything about it, but it'd be weird if he did say that. I'll yeah, it would no be kind of weird. Yeah. It'd also be kind of weird if <laughs> if John was like, Oh yeah, I just told her I'm I'm her nephew. I'm the the true heir. <laughs> so uh, NBD. Yeah, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> it wouldn't fit there very well but yeah it's, it's something that's gonna have to be cleared up afterwards and who knows if Tyrion, it could just be something that he's just scared of what he sees which is understandable and he's been in this situation before with the battle of the blackwater so yeah i mean it looks like next episode we're gonna get all not all maybe not all battle but a, a good chunk will be uh the battle with the night with the night king and the white walkers which i'm yeah this is honestly like this is the moment that they've it's one of the moments that they've been building up for the entire series. So I hope it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I hope it's worthwhile. We haven't seen much of the White Walkers at all throughout the entire series, even though they've been painted as the master villain. So we'll see if they can do it right. I'm hopeful, but I'm not crazy confident that, you know, but they, they like I said, we've both said this. They historically, and not just us, a lot of other people have said it too, but they historically like brush through battle scenes and just deal with the before and a lot of the aftermath. That's really what right. it's focused on. So, but the battle, uh, you know, some big ones they do show it. So, you know, we'll have to we'll have to wait till Sunday to find out. But I, I'm, you know, I hope they do, I hope they do it right. Fingers crossed. Can Can I throw out one one last um, yeah one last little thing that uh, some some murmurs I've been hearing um, that I kind of really enjoy. I don't know if I brought this up in the instant cast, but. Something interesting to think about is that, all right, they're they're separating pretty much anybody who is capable of fighting is going to be fighting, mm-hmm. and then women, children, people who are incapable of fighting are going down to the crypts, which they're saying is the safest place to be. However, in the preview for the next episode, um, I think Daenerys says, "Oh, they're already here," and there's one thing that's in the crypts that is kind of important for the Night King, which is there is 8,000 years of Stark remains in those crypts. Like, the Army of the Dead also kind of lives down there. So there is a situation where every single person in the crypts is not safe. True, and that is a good thing to think about. I will say, just to play devil's advocate real quick, uh, we don't really know the mechanics of them bringing back dead bodies like Truth. what is the you know statute of limitations so to speak when it comes to that we don't know so i mean yeah. i guess it would be something where they could just do it and like that's what it is now like that is the the how the powers work but we don't know so it wouldn't be something yeah. that would i don't think be out of the realm of possibilities but it would also be a little bit uh, shocking if they're just like any dead body, just a bag of bones, just bring them back and animate them. Because it's usually right. the, every time we've seen that, it's been like fresh dead bodies that people have just died. right. So yeah, I don't know, just a fun little theory before we uh, yeah, before, before we, we close yeah, up no, shop yeah, here for a, the night. Something to ponder, and uh, yeah, be sure to ponder and send any thoughts your way to regalfoxpod at gmail We will read any thoughts, theories, questions on air for our instant cast uh which we do every sunday right after the episode so check that out subscribe to our feed and whatnot dan i know you usually do all the plugs so i'm kind of stealing your thunder here and you can take Uh, it home i mean you you did the most important plug but you know you can also hit us up with questions comments concerns uh anything you got at twitter at regal underscore fox 
Correction, slight um, correction, and we'll have to redact oh. that statement. It's actually uh, Fox underscore Regal, but just search Regal Fox, you'll find it. It's got our logo. Yeah, it, it's one of the first things that come up there. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I got I got too excited because you know we can't get our own name for anything here. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of dashes but... <laughs> and hyphens. Yeah, yeah, you or just gotta, you gotta weather the storm yeah. here a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, hit us up on Twitter too. Um, you know, you can find us. Uh, we're posting on Reddit, trying to. Trying to be one of the crazies over there with crackpot theories and, you know, maybe memeing over at Free Folk. But, um, you know, hit us up with anything that you got because we'd love to talk about it on air. And then, you know, just... Uh, subscribe to that feed. Subscribe to that feed. You know, tell your friends. We, we've only got four more episodes to go. You're going to have eight episodes of content from us. And, uh, you know... You love Game of Thrones. We love Game of Thrones. Let's talk about it together. Let's talk about it. All right, cool. Then that ties us up. Again, that email one more time, uh, regalfoxpod at gmail.com. Till Sunday, this is Winter is Going, the only podcast for the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm Mike. And my name is Dan. We'll see ya. Peace.